He's not on yet. Check. Hello, hello, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, we will sing These Are the Days of Elijah. days of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord and these are the days of your servant Moses righteousness being restored and these are the days of the darkness of famine and darkness and sword days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David, rebuilding the temple of praise. Oh, these are the days of the harvest, of fields of the white in the In your vineyard, declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, so lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Behold, he comes. Riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call. So lift your voice, it's the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion's hill salvation comes. Out of Zion's hill salvation comes. All right, we have a few guests. Uh, Tuni, you want to introduce your friends? So we have uh, Ken, we have Karen, uh, they're from Singapore, and they have a friend, Ruth, right? Yes, from China, that's right. That's all. Yes. Welcome. Jeremy, you want to introduce your friend? Hi, Mika. Today, as you can see, I'm very well behaved, very well dressed. That's because my mother-in-law is here. And her name is Salome. Oh, welcome. All right, let's pray. Abba, what you've given me today is it's not a teaching or preaching. It is for us to prepare ourselves for the work in hand. Uh, what we've been talking about, Abba, 
over the last few weeks is you directing us to Victoria and Nanaimo and you building churches there. And so we come tonight or this afternoon with hearts willing to learn, with ears that are attentive, to prepare ourselves for the work at hand. That's what we're doing today. So the next 30 minutes, 45 minutes, is meant to prepare ourselves. Because we have heard enough, the time is nearing, and we need to be readied for the work at hand. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you put the right words on my tongue that you give us ears to listen and hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you have missed out the last two or three weeks of teaching, Jacob has been talking about us going to Victoria, Nanaimo, with the intent of making the Father known, making disciples, multiplying churches. That's what we've been talking about. And what I, what I have for, for us today is really prepping us for that work. So there are a few things I want to talk about. But it's very important for us to not look at Victoria and Nanaimo as, wow, we're going to Victoria and Nanaimo and... Jacob said this is about training us and preparing us for the, for the life ahead. And it's, it's, it's easy to just look at these two places and think about Acts 29. Think about all of the desires of your hearts and be zoomed in on that. But it is danger if we go that way. So I want us to first step out of it because we, we need to go back to Matthew 28:19. And we need to start reading Matthew 28, 19 a certain way. Now when we read over the next few weeks, we have to read it as, what did Jesus say? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations in Victoria and Nanaimo. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations in Victoria and Nanaimo, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. It is very important for all of us to go back to this before we delve into this. We have to know why we're doing it. We're doing it because we are following the commission of Christ that is for us. And right now, over the next little while, when you read these verses, you have to put Victoria and Nanaimo into it. Because we are following a direct command from our king, to go into these, into these cities. So when you do that, it helps because now we remove from it anything else because there is something that, that's been taught here, which is a purity of purpose. Before anything, this is the reason why we are doing it because we have a savior who died for us. We have a king who has commissioned us for a work and we now follow him into what he is doing. And then comes everything with respect to what's happening at Acts 29, and with respect to the leading into these cities to do specific work there. But we cannot take this out of the equation. It's very important. Now, I want us to read Psalm 126, 1. Psalm 126, verse 1. It says, when the Lord brought back the captives out of Zion. We were as those who were dreaming. And it says their mouths will, were filled with laughter and their tongues songs of joy. So it's very important for us also then to look at what will happen in Victoria and Nanaimo and look at that and go, that is exactly what God is doing. He is restoring the fortunes of a people in Victoria and Nanaimo through us. And it is incredibly important to know what the end result is. 
Before we proceed into the work, before we jump into the work at hand, we already know the end picture. Because he is in the, in the business of rebuilding cities. And he is using us then to follow him into these two cities. So the, the large canvas is important before the specifics of Nanaimo and Victoria. And I can't tell you how important it is. Because it's, the reason I'm saying this is because we can be very quickly going and doing things without this. We cannot afford to. Yeah? Jeremy's friend, what's your name? Mika? One of the things that... Mika, you're someone that doesn't matter where you sit, doesn't matter where you are, God will always call you out. And um, it's like the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was in a certain place. He just wanted to see what was happening. But Jesus came calling. Like with Peter, like with Andrew, like with the disciples, he'll come calling. And you're called out, man. You're called out by him. So it is very difficult, it will be very difficult for you um, to be in the fringes. You, you will always be in the front. Meaning, with respect to what God is doing, there, is th there are things that have been called and named and spoken upon your life that you have to walk into. And I'm just speaking that out loud today. Yeah? Because you are someone who he calls out always. He will not allow you at all to be anywhere else. You will be called out until you're like, oh, this is who I am. Until you wake up one day and recognize that it doesn't matter where I go, what I do, I'm always called out by him for his things. Until the day you wear that cap, he'll keep on doing it. So we bless you. Where were, where were we? <laughs> yeah, we talked about Psalm 126.1. So let's go. What, what, what I want to do today is, is really not a teaching. It's, uh, it's really prepping us for the work. And why don't we start with a few things. So I have probably 10 different things. The first three things, we'll go into a little more detail. And then once those three things are done, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then it's up to us to practice it, live it, walk in it, and God is readying us for the work. So, number one. Count the cost. Before we step out and do anything, we have to sit and count the cost. Because following Jesus comes with a price, we have to pay a price. And before we pay a price, you've always got to count it. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 14. Because this is not something we are, we are dreaming up. This is his command or his commission for us to follow him. And so Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 14. If you are building a house, you have to count the cost of what it will take you before you build it. Lest the building will be incomplete and you're like, oops, wasn't planning, wasn't counting. You have to build it that way. And then, it, then he proceeds on to say, if a king is going to battle with 10,000 troops and the, and the other king he's battling has 20,000 troops, he, troops, he's got to think about how this battle is going to be. He's got to have planning, strategies. He's got to count the cost. And then, for us then, to go into Nanaimo and Victoria, we have to count the cost. We have to, guys, spend time to think about the cost that we are willing to pay. It's very important. And I can tell you, there will be a difference between those who count the cost and those who do not. There will be a difference. Iris and I were shopping yesterday, a few things for the baby. And so we are at this store, and we, we buy quite a few things, including the stroller and the, 
I know, I know the car seat and all of that. So we bought all of these things. And we are at the, uh, we need to pay now. And I take my debit card out and I'm like, okay. And I find out I have got a $1,000 limit on my credit card or on my debit card. So whenever I took the debit card 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I had said my limit for a daily transaction is 1000 bucks. I didn't think then that there will come a day when a baby is going to come and have to, <laughs> and, have to, and have to buy a stroller and the stroller itself is 800 bucks or whatever. <laughs> I didn't know. So, oh, <laughs> and uh, the lady goes, oh, it's not working. And now I'm like, okay, I got it covered. So I take my credit card out and, and realize that, oh, I don't have my credit card, but I have my Apple Pay. So I go Apple Pay and there is a limit on the Apple Pay. <laughs> You can only do 100 at a time. So to, to pay the whole thing, you have to do a few rounds of Apple Pay. And uh, now there's a third problem. The machine will only accept Apple Pay from one mobile once. So you can't do it again. So now I ask Iris, and, and, and finally we even had to get a, credit, we had to get a gift card from Babies R Us, because I can purchase it online, and then use that, and that took about 40 minutes. So we're waiting there for 40 minutes to make a transaction happen. Why? Because we did not count the cost. <laughs> it's a funny story. Oh my goodness. When it comes to Nanaimo and Victoria, we have to count the cost. It can be different things for different people. It can be See, the thing is, for us, it's not the money that's the cost. Because oftentimes when we think about it, money comes to the forefront. But money is not the thing. Because going to Victoria, coming back for a trip like this, multiple times as we go, money will come. But it is all of the other things that you have to lay down. It can be, and we'll, we'll touch on those things. I want to be very practical about what we are to do. So we have to count the cost. And if we don't count the cost, we will find ourselves in places where we are not ready. So the purpose of me sharing, <clears throat> going through these points today, the purpose is that we'll take time offline to sit down, think, ready ourselves. Because if, if I am following the words of Jesus, Jesus said, you've got to count it before you say yes. Saying yes because others are saying yes, or saying yes because Jacob is saying, hey, let's go. It's good, but it's not good enough. Good enough would be, yes, receiving it, and then saying, I have to pay a cost. And I'm willing to pay this cost, no matter what. And therefore, I am ready. When it comes to big decisions in our life, we do it. There is nothing more important than this. And I say that because Matthew 28, 19, that there's nothing more important than that in any believer's life. That is the most important thing. That is the overarching call of God over all of our heads. There is nothing more important than that. So we, if, if I'm just remembering what we were taught way back, remember this? So at the center, we have... There is a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. The right way to do it is Christ and his church is at the center. And then my family, my work, my positions, my wealth, all of those things go into that. So those things that we talked about, that we learned, now we have a new opportunity to practice it. Because at the center of everything that we're doing is Christ and his bride. And all of these things fall in place for us to live our lives in alignment with God, what God is asking us to do. So we have to count the cost. Go to Haggai chapter 1. You know what? Don't read it. We don't have much time. In Haggai chapter 1, it talks about this. One of the fascinating things there is God is saying, you're living in houses that are fully roofed. It's perfect. But you haven't built anything for me. I need you to build me a temple. And before he says that, he says, consider your ways. It's so important for us to sit down. And when we sit down and not just think of the cost or 
count the cost, but also consider our ways. Again, I'm telling you, there will be a difference between those who consider their ways and those who do not. Some things are some things as he established. We can't change it. It's up to us then to take time and do this. So consider your ways, he said. And I, I want to add two things to that. Number one, it is dangerous for me to, to rank or esteem myself higher than where I'm right, rightfully at. So one thing that I need to and you need to be careful about is do not esteem yourself higher than where you're at in life. And it is foolish to overlook everything that God has been doing in your life and what he has been doing to preparing you. Two things. One, I cannot esteem myself higher than where I'm at in life. So I'm able to do everything through Christ, but Christ has, so, Christ has also been training me up, has also been prepping me up for the things of life. And if I go and try to lift, okay, we don't need to go into that story, but if, we, if you go to the gym and try to, if, if I try to go with Pawan, and there is a, I don't know, 100 kilo stuff, and Pawan is going there and lifting it up, and I try to do that, I'll be pretty, that'll be dangerous. On the same, on the other hand, if I've been prepped, and if God has been doing things, there is a tendency that I can overlook everything that he's been doing. And you shouldn't do that either. It's important for you to also take into account what he has been doing in you. So when it, it's, when it says, consider your ways, consider what he has been doing. Think about the last three months, the last six months, the last year. What has he been doing? It is important to find a relationship between everything that he has been doing and the work at hand. Yeah? You're tracking me? Yeah? Yeah? Yes. Good. So it's important. Once we do that, then we know where we stand and we know the task at hand. And there will also come a very quick understanding of, ah, I need to dive right into everything that God is using to prepare me for my life. If you don't do it, you don't see what is happening. You have not thought about where you're at and there is a gap that you're completely ignoring. We don't want to do that. We want to count our costs, but we also need to consider our ways. So a few questions. What are some changes required of me to ready myself for the full work? What are some changes required of me to ready myself for the work at hand? And by that I mean the work in Victoria and Nanaimo. And you need to answer these questions. Not now, but because we're going to count the costs and because we're going to consider our ways, we have to do it in a different setting. Think, ponder with God, answer these things. Second question. What are some things in terms of my thinking that needs to change? What are some things in terms of my thinking that has to change? God can reveal it to you. People around you can reveal it to you. Number two, what are some changes with respect to my relationships within the body where I need to change? Don't think about family right now. Think of this family here. What are some things that I need to change with respect to my relationships with this family right here as I prepare. And you have to have answers for these things, guys. If we try to answer them and you go, oh, I can't really think of anything. Everything is so beautifully perfect. It's not the, it's not the case. There are, then you're probably blinded to it. There are things that I have to know. Because when I think about it, there are two or three things that at least two things that come right at me. So I have to then sit down and think about, okay, Abba, you're bringing these things to mind. I need to change in these things. And I'm willing, I need help 
Now when I do it, I'm becoming ready for the work at hand. I'm not interested today in speaking something that's, that's not going to be helpful for us guys. I know for a fact that if we go down this path, it will be so helpful for us when we are in those cities. So helpful. So it's relationships inside the body is important. My thinking is important. Those are two things as we go out that we cannot take lightly. And then third question or fourth question. You need to also look at what the devil has been doing over the last little while with your life to trip you up. Are there things that are recurring? And I'm not talking about habitual sins. I'm talking about think. Be aware. Look back at your life in the last three months, six months. See what are the things that are tripping you. They keep coming up. What are the things that keep tripping you? What are the things that keep pulling you back? It's almost like you hit your stride and then you keep walking and then all of a sudden, what are those things? This is where the body can be so helpful. Because if you take the time to think, to count the costs, to consider your ways, as God reveals these things, as others who are with you, that you walk with, as they help you, you'll see a big change happening. Big change happening. This is life on life. This is living out everything we've been hearing. Number two. And, and maybe here I'll answer today's question. We need to prepare in abundance and give in plenty. Prepare in abundance and give in plenty. I want to take us to First Chronicles 22. You don't have to read it. No, you can read it later. But the picture is David wants to build this temple. And he knows that God has told him he's not going to be the one building it. His son is going to be the one building it. So he knows that already. But you find David still preparing in abundance. And I'm using those words straight out of First Chronicles 22. Preparing in abundance for the building of the temple that was to come. You see him thinking about the gates, the doors of the gates. You see him thinking about the nails. And he, him knowing that these nails are going to be needed by Solomon later, he, he, he puts them together. He brings them. He gathers them. He knows that iron and bronze are needed. So he gathers them in plenty. He knows that Cedars are going to be needed. Timber is going to be needed. So he brings them. He prepares in abundance for the work in hand. When we think of Nanaimo and Victoria, I pray that as a family, we look at this as not a side thing we're doing, along with everything else we're doing. But I wish I had the... the the drawing here before. This is central to what God is doing in our lives. And if and I know that, you know, in a church like this, we are we all know each other, but we are also in different stages of our lives. So it's it's it is possible because I was reminded as I was writing this of someone here who asked me, Hey, I want to find out my purpose. I want to find out what my, my what my life is about. I want to find out my purpose. And let me answer you this with this. If you are able to look at what God is doing and delve right into it and say, I'm going to obey you, Jesus, into these things, then your purpose will follow you. You don't wait for your purpose. As God opens up things and he says, here is the path, walk in it. You jump right into it and you walk. Your purpose will follow you. The specifics of it will be opened up to you. The gift will be unwrapped, but you've got to do it. 
Because sometimes we, we look at our life and we go, okay, I, I really need to know the purpose. What am I really supposed to do in life? I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to Acts 29, I know I'm doing this and I know I'm doing that, but what's the real purpose? So the specifics regarding your purpose will unravel as you obey him fully and you're fully committed to it. Watch my words. It will happen to you. Because he's a good father. And when you say, it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter what, I am in it. If you say, go, I will go fully. I'll give, prepare in abundance and give in plenty. That's where you start. Leave the rest to him. He'll take care of it. So I want to... Yes, Diana. Everything comes under Matthew 28, 19. Everything that we do comes under Matthew, Matthew 28, 19. And then under this are specific. So God may ask you very specifically to do something in Burnaby that none of us here are being invited into or called into. And so this is part of counting the cost and considering the ways. Because the answer for you may not be the answer for me. It could be different. But because God is doing this with Acts 29, we cannot, as we should not, as individuals, because we can't, we should not, as individuals, take a step back and say, well, it's for the rest of those guys, they'll do it. Because one of the things that Jacob kept hammering initially was this idea that this is not for house church leaders or a few people, this is for all of us. My goodness, man, Matthew 28, 19 is for all of us. All of us. And we should be so excited about living the word. Living the word. So, yeah. There are different things that we may be doing, but we have to sit down and, and weigh things and then decide. So, we talked about conspiring with the Holy Spirit earlier on. Not today, but in one of the sessions before. We need to conspire with the Holy Spirit also as we do this exercise to reorganize our schedules and our, our time commitments. We need to sit down to conspire with the Holy Spirit. So if I, if, if, if I need to do these things, I need to sit down with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, this will demand of me to spend time outside of work, outside of this thing and that thing and this thing. And you know what? I really need your help. So between you and I, I'm committing to this. And I'm prepared to pay this price. And I'm also prepared to reprioritize the things in my life, in my life to make it happen. Conspiring with the Holy Spirit is also useful in your preparation for the work at hand. So you sit down and conspire with him. As a family, sit down and conspire with him. It's going to be so good. Because even before you're there, you have sat down with him. And you've talked to him. You've let him know already, hey, here's, here's what this looks like. You know my heart. I want to give it all. Because guys, there are going to be days when it's not easy. And when you do this, you're prepared. So a few things we need to do. We need to already start thinking about what we're going to be doing. Plan your time, your schedule. Because this is a real place that real people need to go to using the 24 hours that we have every day. So we need to plan. Prepare. So start looking at your summer holiday plans and start looking at when your days are off. And I, in, in, in all honesty, 
we have to now think of our days off this year. I'm going to say even to that extent. When we take time off for this year at work, think about how that's going to align with this. Think about how that will align with this. Super important. Number two, organize your finances. What do I mean by that? Father, counting the cost, even the dollars are not the most important thing when it comes to counting cost. I am also prepared to spend. Because this money you gave me, this money I want to give for you. Three. Trade everything that he has given you. Be a good steward. Trade everything that he's given you. Don't put it under your bed. <clears throat> it's the story of the, of the guy who was given talents that he traded. He multiplied it. So we have to, you have to look at your life and go, when it comes to these things, what are the things that are so innate to me, so me, because you've built me that way that I need to trade use. Because we are a body. Diana is good at certain things that I'm not good at. And, and she's good at some things that none of us are as good as. And therefore, she has to trade it, use it for the benefit of all of us and for the benefit of those in Nanaimo and Victoria. We have to trade the talents, trade the gifts that have been given to us. And this goes without saying, but when I look my, at my life, I find a gap that I need to fill. Prepare by feeding on the word. This is very important. Prepare by feeding on the word. Like never before. May this church now, as we prepare, may there be such a wind of the Holy Spirit amongst us that all of us are spending way more time here than ever before. So important. Prepare by feeding on the word. Next. Prepare by setting up godly disciplines. It's part of considering your ways. What are the things that I need to change? Habits that are not fruitful. What are the habits that I really need to have in my life to be able to accomplish what God is saying? Set up godly disciplines. I was talking with Emily K. a few weeks ago, and Emily was saying how She's been waking up at a particular time and she's sitting down in, in this one area in her house where she spends time with God. No one else, just herself and God. And that's a place that she has to encounter him every day. So what are other disciplines, other godly disciplines that you need to cultivate, that you need to set up? as you prepare. And the another thing I would add, and this is really when it comes to give in plenty, be prepared to give all of yourself to this work. What does that really mean? Don't be tight-fisted. Give all of yourself for this. Don't be tight-fisted. Don't, don't jump into this with, we'll see how it goes. Give it all. 
give it everything. And I'm not talking about money, because when we talk about ties, being tight-fisted, it's very easy to think about money. I'm not talking about money is one thing, but don't be tight-fisted when it comes to how much of yourself you give to others. Don't be tight-fisted with your time, with your words, with your attitude. Don't be tight-fisted. Give all of yourself to others. So the thing is, guys, what Jesus accomplishes on earth is not done by superstars. It is done by a people, by a community of ordinary people. What Jesus accomplishes on earth is done by a community of ordinary people. It happened 2,000 years ago. It started 2,000 years ago with a group of 12. It continues today with ordinary people. Living a certain way, weighing everything that he has said, and placing it over our heads and saying, I bow down to no one else but him and his words. It will dictate how I live. It will dictate everything that I do. My words, my passions, my, 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 my disciplines, my life, my work, everything will bow down to how the king wants me to live. So, and maybe we need to talk about it because none of us are pastors like Jacob. We're all regular people. Jacob is a pastor. Sorry, Jacob, if you're watching. Hello. And he has trained us up well to know that the royal priesthood belongs to all of us. If you've, if you've been here long enough, you know that you belong to the royal priesthood. So how, how dare we step into something without recognizing who we are? We are a royal priesthood. One more thing I want to take a little bit more time on, and then we'll go through it real fast. Number three. Prepare, rebuild, restore. As per Isaiah 58, 6 to 12 pattern. I know it's quite long. Well, let me tell you, tell you this way. Over the next little while, one of the passages that we should go to, read again and again and again, understand with the Holy Spirit, Isaiah 58, 6 to 12. 58, 6 to 12, yeah. One of the passages where we need, that we need to give our time to and, and learn with the Holy Spirit is this. I had great plans today of hooking up my iPad with this thing to, to point out a few things, but I'll try to do it without it because it ain't working. Go to Isaiah 58, 6 to 12. We'll spend a few minutes there. Rebuild, repair, restore after Isaiah 58 pattern. So the first pa uh, verse that I want us to read is Isaiah 58, verse 12. Here is how it says, And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Read that again. It's about us. Isaiah 58, verse 12. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. Acts 29. You will raise up the foundations of many generations. Acts 29. You shall be called 
the repairer of the breach in Victoria and Nanaimo. And you, Acts 29, you are the restorer of streets to dwell in. That is, the, that is how God sees us already. Okay? So we're, we're starting from the very bottom, and then we'll make, work our way up. So Isaiah 58, 12, spend time over it. Go over this again and again and again until this is so inside you that even at night you'll wake up. I'll be like, you'll say it just like that. It's important. We need, to, we need to see ourselves how God sees us before we go right into it and start doing stuff. So let's read that again. Acts 29. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. So what does that mean? See, one of the things, even as Jacob mentioned, um, remember you talked about the, the women, the Salvation Army women in Victoria, the work that they did? <coughs> there have been others, too, after the fact, who have worked there. Man, there are things that he started in one generation that in his timing, he has already placed it for others to finish. Okay, so there are things that he started in Victoria and Nanaimo. He started it. He did it. Things happened. And then he sometimes keeps certain things for the next generation or the generation after to come and complete. It's so scriptural. Abraham, this is what is going to happen to you. By the way, it's going to take 400 years. There is something that I, this is amazing. There is something that the father really loves when he looks at us and he sees the generations. Like it, it's a view that we don't have, but he enjoys that view. He loves it. That he starts something and then he, he leaves something. And same with us. There will be things that we start that Phoebe and others will continue and finish. It's the way he works. He's a God of generations. And so, Acts 29, you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. So, we'll do, we, we have to do these things as we follow him in the cities. But if you look at Isaiah 58, 6 to 12, I want to divide that into two sections. It's, it's like an if-then statement. Jeremy will know it. It's like, if you do this, then the rest of it I'll do. Right? If you do it, then the rest of it works. Yeah. If you do it, the rest of it I'll do. And, and for today, okay, just for today, let's, not even, uh, let's read it once. We'll read once what he says he'll do, and the, for today, just forget it. Why? Because what he says he'll do, he'll do. Yeah? So let's just read it. Let's read together Isaiah 58. 8 to 12. So I said we're going to divide that into two sections. Let's start with 6 and 7. This is our part, okay? This is where we come in as a body. Is not this the fast that I choose? To lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. That's for us. Verse 7. Again, for us. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your home when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Again, for us. Now he responds then with things that he will do, which we'll read once, and then we're just going to put it on the side. And what I mean by that is things that he says he'll do, he'll do it. He's so good at it. Then shall your light, Acts 29, break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Acts 29, your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Remember where we started from? Presence to go. Before that, his presence with us. Before that, Shekinah, his presence is with us. The glory of the Lord shall be your rare God. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. 
Today we are only reading it once. We're just going to put that on the side because he'll do what he says. Next, our part. If you, Acts 29, take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, that's for us, then, his part, shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. So we started from verse 12 because that is the work at hand. And then we went back up. And there are two things. Number one, and, and this is so important for us, eh? When we go to Victoria and Nanaimo, can we do it this way? Can we be a shepherd king? Can we, on one hand, recognize the evil at play, the bondage that people are in, the traps that they are in, and the need for people to be Loosened for captives to be set free, all of which cannot happen with our power, but can absolutely happen with his power in us. That is essential. And then, on the same token, can we also see the homeless? And you can, you can say, well, it's the same. No, it's different. Can you also see the homeless and the poor and the needy and give all of what you have so that their things are taken care of. There are people who are, in verse 7, go back, because this is important, go back. Is, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? So when it comes to seeing a hungry man, giving bread, just do it. Don't discern. Just do it. Sometimes we can be discerning. And I understand the discerning part. But when you see a hungry man, he said, give food. You're tracking me? Bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the, see the naked, cover him. When you see a man or a woman who is naked... Don't wait for discernment. The discernment is already given to you to use this word and obey. Just do it. And not to hide yourself from your own flesh. We can spend more time on it, but let's just leave it there. So there is that that we need to do. But we should not be, we should be careful not to be specialists, specialists in one thing. You know what? I'm a specialist in feeding the homeless and covering the nakedness of people. When it comes to loosening bones, that's, I'm going to leave that with a couple of others. Or my thing is that I really like loosening the bones and setting captives free, but I'm not going to really do this part because that's really not... No. Do both. If all of us start doing both, how rich will we be? If all of us look at this and say, Jesus, we want to follow you into what you're doing. We're going to fulfill all of this. I'm not going to say that I am a certain type, so I can't do certain things. I will show the desire to show everything and do everything. I may not be able to do some stuff as good as person A, but that's okay. I want to do it all. And this is important. Otherwise, we will compartmentalize and specialize, which is not in the kingdom.
So prepare yourself for both. Verse 6 and verse 7. Train my hands for war. My fingers for battle. And, and the reason I said shepherd king is because on one hand, you've got to take care of the poor and the hungry and the naked. And being a shepherd helps. But you also got to be a king that he has placed on earth to stand in his authority and say, come out. Both. Both. Important. So when the father sends his, his children into a city or a nation, they are to tear down what needs to be torn down. And you cannot build. In fact, why don't we read this? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10. I'll read it. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. So we have to do that. And then we have to take verse 7 from Isaiah chapter 58 and hold it on the other hand. Man, it'll be so fun because I think, and not I think, all of us has to grow in it. And what an amazing opportunity to follow Jesus, to be obedient to his call. And to do exactly what he's asking us to do. A few more things. Cities and lives will be contested by giants. And they must be overcome. Cities and lives will be contested by giants. And they must be overcome. I like this verse, Isaiah 49. Even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible be delivered. For I will contend with him who contends with you, and I will save your children. So, I'll just wrap it up by saying, rebuilding is not about feeding the poor, is not just about feeding the poor and clothing the needy. It is the progression and expansion of an upside-down rule, the rule of Christ. It changes everything. And one of the things that came up, and I just, I'll just say this and then we'll move on. One of the things that came up uh, one of the days when we met for uh, an encounter meeting is we will have to rename people and rename things. Work with, work with the Father and prepare yourself. Abba, as we go, we, we, we know there are people who will, meet, who will need to be renamed. There are things that will need to be renamed because we are digging wells like Isaiah. Sorry, like um, Isaac. We are redigging. And so there are things that we will rename. But that's just on the side, Bill. We'll do that later. And then a few more things. We will wrap up in five minutes. Number four. Shut down the voices of Sanballat and Tobiah and others like them. Comes from Nehemiah chapter 4. It's important. And, and for today, I'll only talk about one thing. If there are voices that try to make you feel that you're so inadequate that you can't do this and, you know, look at, look at these guys and they maybe they can do it and I don't feel like I can do it. This is what you're dealing with. You read Nehemiah chapter 4, God said rebuild. Nehemiah and his people started rebuilding. There comes Sanballat and Tobiah and you know what they're saying? <laughs> you guys are building, look at this wall. All that it'll take is for a fox to run across and this wall you're building will come down. You are so feeble, so weak. What are you building? Almost sounds like how Don and Xavier talks to you when you're on a soccer ground. <laughs> That's how they speak. But jokes aside, if you 
if you hear that, you've got to shut it down. Not just now, but even as you do things. It is so, because these voices, it's, a, it's an old trick played by the devil to make you feel inadequate for the task at hand. And you've got to, as you hear it, shut it down. Shut it down. You cannot afford to give it room. Shut it down. Okay, now three, four points. We don't have time to go into the details, so I'll just read it. You write it or think, it, think about it. Obedience is way more important than perceived results. Results are important. But obedience is way more important than perceived results. When it comes to some of the stuff we are talking about, which is an invisible enemy, we cannot go by perceived results. We have to go by obedience. And then leave it to him, because all of the stuff that I said, let's just put it on the side. What a confidence we have to be able to do that. That our good, good father, when he says something, he'll do it. Next, do not forget the significance of one soul. Because we could be doing things, and this is important for me, for us, because when we do things, guys, there are going to be times when you know, a few of us are going to be doing stuff that's going to involve 10 and 15 people, and a few of us are going to be doing things one-on-one with someone. Never forget the significance of one soul. Never forget it. Next. I don't want to spend too much time here. Expect creative solutions to difficult problems. Expect creative solutions from the Holy Spirit for difficult problems. Reference... 2 Kings 2, chapter 19, or 21, verse 19. This is when the men of the city came to Elisha and said, you know what, this place is no good, the water is bad, the land is unfruitful, what do we do? Elisha says, this is what you do, come with a bowl of salt. And a creative solution was given to him by the Holy Spirit that he did. So be attentive to the Spirit for creative solutions to difficult problems. And then the last thing I want to say as, we, as he prepares us is go back and read Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. That's the whole armor of God. The full armor of God. We've got to read that. And I know we, I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> read it, but meditate on it. Ask the Holy Spirit. Conspire with him. Conspire with the Holy Spirit as we read it. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, readiness for the gospel, the belt of truth. Conspire with him. Sit down with him. Wear it. It, it is important, as I said earlier on, for us to think about what happened in the past. And to look at and consider our ways so that mistakes that we made or things attempted against us are brought to light. It is important. It's, it's not exactly similar, but there's a story that comes to mind. Uh, in, I think World War II or something, the Royal Air Force... Uh, they found out that the planes that were coming back after going to Germany and, and thereabouts, the planes that were coming back, th th most of them were hit in certain locations. Bullets fired at them in certain locations. And so they decided that, you know what, all of the, these planes, they, they have the same pattern. It's the same locations that they get a lot of hit. So we need to reinforce those areas. And makes sense, yeah? But then one guy said, uh, no. I don't think you're doing it right because what if the planes that are not coming back are getting hit in other spots and we don't even see it? And that changed the way they built planes. 
So conspire with the Holy Spirit. We all need to do this, eh? We need to sit down and, and read through that passage and conspire with him. Prepare. Okay? Let's pray and close. Abba, you know our hearts, you know our desires, you know everything about us. You know this body, this is your people. We are your people. We come to you today and we, we've been hearing, we've been learning. We want to prepare ourselves for the work at hand. We really want to prepare ourselves, Abba. And this preparation is not a preparation where we just go and think about a few things on our own and, and do it. No. All of this is with your Holy Spirit. We don't have to lift weights that we aren't supposed to lift because you said, I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you a friend. I'm going to give you a comforter. So Holy Spirit, we come to you we want to do this with you. And all of us want to take time to count the cost, to consider our ways. We want to take time. We want to give ourselves to you. So use us, Holy Spirit. Take all of us, take this body and break it so that others can be fed. Take this body like it was done with your son, Father, and break it so others can benefit. Father, I pray protection and blessing over everyone here and those who can't be here with us and those who are traveling, and Jacob and May as well. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it, guys. See you later. <laughs>